like a lot of Hammer horror films have a black mask, and it was always my favorite thing. You'd be flipping around, and be like, "Ooh, nice goat's head, woohoo!" And then I'm I'm in, I'm hooked. If you just break it down to what happens in the movie, it's pretty simple, but it's the way he tells it. Right. I, I came in completely blind to this movie, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say it was, uh, I'm still shocked. Welcome. In case you didn't know, this is Fright Club. <laughs> Live at Gateway Film Center, and she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And we're from madwolf.com, and I... I did see a couple, at least a few new faces here tonight, so if you didn't know, we do this podcast once a month before we show one of the movies that we talk about in our Fright Club podcast, so welcome. I will say uh, we'll try to keep the level of enthusiasm up. I'm playing a little hurt tonight. Uh, the sinuses have got me bad. They got me bad. So this, this podcast is sponsored by Halls, Cough Drops, <laughs> and beer, which could be a lethal combination. I don't know. We'll find out. But uh, we have George a George is getting loopy. <laughs> Remember that time years ago I mixed, what did I mix? I mixed NyQuil and Sudafed. Which is my entire high school years. I was like, oh, go ahead. It's I not going to be any problem. Climbing like, oh, off the God, wall. Oh, my God, I'm so high. I'm like, right? <laughs> oh, is that not what you wanted? Oh. <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> uh, welcome. We got a great movie to show tonight, and um, hopefully you'll enjoy it, the ones that haven't seen it. Um, and we're going to talk about satanic horror, which is a big topic. It's a big topic, we're, and one of my favorites. Right, but we're going to we're going to narrow it down and talk about a, a few of our favorites. But before that, we want to say, oh, we want to say thank you to. Well, you go ahead for some thank yous. Okay. Well, first of all, I want to thank uh, Brandon Thomas, who is here today, and also the schlocketeer Daniel Baldwin. And if you don't know this, we have another podcast. It's called The Screening Room, and it's every Friday, and we just run down movie reviews of everything that came out that week. And Schlocketeer Daniel Baldwin is a part of that podcast every week. But he and, and uh, Brandon joined us for the last Fright Club podcast for a topic that I stole directly from their Twitter conversation. I'm like, oh, that's smart. Let's do that. And we talked about really great horror movies made by mainstream filmmakers. And it was super fun. Uh, and it was so great to have them on, and they had such great things to say. So we really appreciate that. And I that. think that, that, that was so great. I think that might have been the longest podcast. It was almost an hour. It was. It and was and we don't do that. That's how smart you guys That's were. That's right. And I noticed, I noticed we have him on, and then the next time he finally brings his wife. That's so right. Is that what we have to do <laughs> to get you to share your friends? <laughs> Speaking of wife, congratulations, by the way, to Dzak and Katie, who were here for the first time as a married couple. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Glad to see you, Mr. Mrs. And, um, and by the way, since we're talking about uh, horror movies, which is what we do, um, <laughs> there's a fun new horror movie out this week. Who's seen Barbarian? Isn't that fun? Was it just nuts? It was crazy. We were just talking earlier. Well, Tyrone saw 15 minutes of it. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking earlier in happy hour about movies that go somewhere that you don't think they're going. And boy, this one does. Uh, because like, if you just watch the trailer, you think, okay, I got a handle on that. No, you don't. Nope. And if you watch the first really half an hour of the movie, you think, okay, I got a handle on this. Nope. No, you don't. And nope. it was a lot of fun. I defy you at the end of the movie. Yeah, I knew that was what it was going to do. <laughs> you did not. You're lying. So, yeah, check it out. Barbarian. That is a fun one. It is fun. Uh, but, uh, yeah, what else we got? We got, um, well, Satanism and horror. Yeah, that's a big topic. In fact, that's your, your book that's out now, Roost, is a lot about that. That's true. The Satanic it is Panic. The Satanic Panic. It is. It, it's, uh, it's a topic. Uh, even when I was a kid, it was like, I think I think uh, like a lot of Hammer horror films have a black mask, and it was always my favorite thing. You'd be flipping around, and be like, "Ooh, nice goat's head, woohoo!" And then I'm I'm in, I'm hooked. 
So it's always been uh, it's always been a topic that I have found fascinating in horror movies and usually quite silly. Like I never find those movies scary as a general practice. Um, but some of these are scary, and and the more you dig into them, the better they are. But the there are so many that I actually made a list of the ones that we're not going to talk about. But you should still see Ready or Not. That was great. Yeah. How fun is that movie? Blood on Satan's Claw. That is a classic. Brotherhood of Satan. This is like the second, to- thir- third time in a row that I have wanted to put Brotherhood of Satan on a podcast. I don't think we've ever actually talked about it. I just keep talking about talking about it. <laughs> um, don't Deliver Us from Evil. That's from the 70s. It's a nutty 70s movie. Uh, the Seventh Victim. That is our classic, 1943. The Sentinel, of course. Um, the Devil Rides Out. Speaking of Hammer. House of the Devil. Greta Gerwig, early That's Greta right. Gerwig for that one. Satanic Panic. And then a special call out for a short film that you should see if you haven't called Born Again. Jason Tostevin's movie is hilarious. So those are all the ones that we're not going to tie. They didn't make the <laughs> list. But I think that you should see. So there were any, uh, I guess with a topic like that, there's not too many rules. It just has nope. to be. Satanism. Does there have to be a black mass involved? No. <laughs> Sorry about that, Black Mass fans. We got five, yeah, five good ones and a really Just good Just as a side note, I said that one time, like at lunch, uh, like at a work lunch one time, I said, God, I love a Black Mass. And I swear, every single person at the table thought I was talking about cancer. I'm like, what is wrong with you? What? Wow. Who loves cancer? <laughs> and they said, who loves Satanism? So I guess fair enough. Way to bring down the room. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, well, usually uh, when we have these Fright Club uh, lives, we're up against the clock, so we should maybe get at get it, on you it? think? Yeah. All right, so let's start at number five for our favorite satanic horror. This is from 1995. Uh, bent on committing as many sins as possible to avert the birth of the beast, a Catholic priest teams up with a black metal aficionado and an Italian connoisseur of the occult. Now he must become an unrelenting sinner. Is there still hope? Day of the Beast. <laughs> This one is from uh, Alex de la Iglesia, who did The Last Circus, which we showed here, and is clearly nuts. Um, as a filmmaker, this guy is just completely insane, and that's the best kind of filmmaker. And, and the movie is so just silly, fun, and just as is, is the one uh, uh, quotes it, just joyously blasphemous. It's yeah. so much fun. Yeah, this is one uh, that I thought of right away when he talked about being silly mm-hmm. with these satanic rituals, which I guess, according to some, they use actual quote unquote satanic rituals in this movie, which are silly anyway. Exactly. Satanism is silly, is what we're saying. Literally, we find it silly. And so I think that's one of the reasons why this movie is so fun, because it clearly does too. But it also finds Catholicism silly, which I, I, I also agree with. <laughs> um, and unlike, I mean, just the opening, you know, on December 25th, 000, know, Jesus was born. He wasn't actually born on December 25th at all, but fine. And that makes all of your math wrong, but whatever. As long as we're going to see a priest, like, reluctantly sinning in as, as many conceivable ways as he can come up with. It's, I mean, the whole, everything about it is really funny and really um, visually just frenetic in that very um, Alex de la Iglesias way. And it's, it's just a wild ride that forever was incredibly hard to find. It was so hard to watch this movie. Currently, it is on Shudder. So watch it by all means. Nice. This is one I think when, when we saw it, I remember the first time we saw it, I wasn't as big of a fan as you are, yeah. which happens a lot. 
But uh, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I just jump right in. <laughs> but I can see why it's on here for sure, and that is uh, 1995's Day of the Beast. Silly, but fun. So let's move up to, well, let's go back to the 80s for this one, number four. I like this one better. <laughs> a private investigator is hired by a man who calls himself Louis Safer to track down a singer named Johnny Favorite, but the investigation takes an unexpected and somber turn. Angel Heart. Are you afraid? Yeah, I'm afraid. I'll instruct my lawyer immediately to send you a check for $5,000. If you don't want the job, I'll engage someone else. You must want this Johnny pretty bad, huh? I don't like messy accounts. You know, some religions think that the egg is the symbol of the soul. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Would you like an egg? You know, I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, but I, I remember being surprised. The character's name is Louis Safer. <laughs> That's really not that subtle. About where Cruella DeVille. Don't let her dog sit. Um, <laughs> I love this movie. I love this movie from the first time I saw it. And I saw it originally not because I had a massive crush on Mickey Rourke, but because Alan Parker directed The Wall. Right. Pink Floyd's The Wall. Pink yeah. Floyd's my favorite band. The Wall was my favorite movie for I don't know how many years when I was a kid. And I was just like, both of those things? Yes. And also... De Niro plays Satan. Oh, yeah. my God. It's like it was custom made for me. <laughs> and it's so good. I mean, the movies that I was watching at that that time in my life, well, the movies that came out in the 80s, they were mainly terrible, right? I mean, they were mainly, you know, pretty awful, especially the horror films. But this movie was like, it looked amazing. The story was really compelling. And then for a long time, you think to yourself, well, it's like going to be a thriller, you know? And then, and then, I mean, the actual murders and deaths are... Super yeah. gruesome, yeah. like really unsettling. And then you remember it got all the the headlines at the time because Elisa Bonet. Yeah. This was her first movie, I think, uh, at least after she came to stardom with the it's Cosby quite a Show. Film. Yeah, and it's got that really you know, that big sex scene, so that made a lot of headlines. But it opened the same day as Lethal Weapon, <laughs> and it pretty much got buried oh, at, sure. at the box office. Yeah, it really didn't do anything. Despite a lot of times when you get headlines like that, oh, I got to go see. Yeah, but it didn't really work for this one. But I agree, no. it gets gruesome. It does. It does. And you know what? Actually, all of a sudden I'm remembering that I forgot one of the movies that we wanted to mention and I haven't mentioned, speaking of the 80s. Um, and uh, our friend Ben reminded us of this movie called Spellbinder. Do you guys know that one? It's awful. It's absolutely terrible. And here's why, here's why Ben and I both remember it. They, they call out Seneca County, Ohio. These Satanists go, we have friends everywhere. We have friends in Ohio. We have friends in Seneca County. He and I are both from Seneca County, Ohio. And you, you watch it the first time, you're like, I'm sorry, what did they just say? <laughs> what? <laughs> and um, so anyway, so that just, I should have thought of that when we talked about Roost, because it's just confirmation yeah. that there are Satanists running through the cornfields of my hometown. Uh-huh. Be a good topic for a book. <laughs> so that is, that's number four, Angel Heart uh, from 1977, our list of Satan's movies. Well, now we'll move up to number three, and we're not going to, say much about this because it's the one we're going to see tonight from 2015 two girls must battle a mysterious evil force when they get left behind at their boarding school over winter break it's the black coat's daughter you do know about the sisters don't you they worship the devil Catherine is there something wrong 
Why are you doing this? Do you believe in God, Joan? Ever tried to look for him? I look for him in the unlikely things that happen. Little coincidences. So how many people have already seen this? Uh, okay, a few. A lot of people haven't. But a lot of people have not, yeah, and that's good. That's why we're good. not going to say too much about it. We're not. Only this. This is a movie that you want to just watch everything that happens. It's a it's like a it's like a picture book in that what what they sort of tell you directly only makes up about half of the story. The other half of the story is in visuals. Uh, like it, the, a lot of the narrative takes place in the visuals, so just make sure you're it's, paying attention. It's another indication of the director. I know you will, but I'm just telling you anyway. The director is Oz Perkins, and right. he's, he's such a great visual storyteller. Yeah, he really is. Like in his other uh, his other movie, uh, Gretel, Gretel and Hansel. Hansel. Oh my God! And then uh, I'm the pretty I'm the thing, thing that lives, that in, the lives in the house. He's a very, very good uh, visual storyteller. So yeah, just pay attention, and we love to get your thoughts after, as always. Um, come down, and uh, we'll get you on the podcast talking about what you think about the movie. Because it is, it's a really great uh, example of visual storytelling, and uh, it was one that what well, I did want to mention. It's not going to spoil anything. Oh, Mike Flanagan. We like Mike Flanagan. He lists this as one of his favorite horror movies. Nice. So yay. Also, it's he's Anthony Perkins' son. Right. That's Os- worth mentioning. Os- right. Perkins and Elvis, his brother, does the. Uh, he's a, a musician. Does the score. And uh, Emma Roberts is one of the stars. Said she read the script and couldn't sleep afterwards because it scared her so much. So, all right, that's really all we're going to say. That's right. But we'll talk afterwards about the Black Coat's daughter. One hour and 33 minutes later. What was in that holy water? I think that's an excellent question. Well, what would you guys think? Okay. (laughs) Not everybody. Not everybody's bag, maybe. You smell nice. Right? (laughs) I love the way he used focus to uh, draw the attention away or focus it on people. I mean, like sometimes it was just hard focus on the front character and then all of a sudden the, and the background is totally empty. And it also explained why she had the bullet hole scar on her back. Yeah. One of the, one of my favorite actually yep. shots, this mo- shots in the movie is uh, um, Lucy is kind of in the background and, it, and essentially the camera is just sitting here. It's in focus and she has to walk into the focus. It's one of the, there are so many fascinating shots in this movie and also, I love that I love that the the character that you think is going to be sketchy turns out to be just a super nice dude, and uh, and everybody that you kind of think is you're sympathetic toward, like in the whole movie, everybody you're sympathetic toward is bad, and everybody you're like, Ugh, that nope. Totally nice. Oh, yeah, I remember the first time we saw it. I thought Bill was, oh, yeah. Oh, he for was sure. Bill Remar, because when was the last time he was a good guy? James Remar, yeah. James Remar, sorry, uh, yeah. I thought he was up to no good. But, uh, yeah, and it, it's, it's funny because when you think about it, if you just break it down to what happens in the movie, it's pretty simple. But it's the way he tells it. Right. You know, with nine, nine years backwards and forwards. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's really effective. I, I'm always impressed by people that are visual storytellers. And Agreed. He, and he is one. This movie always, like, when, by the end of it, the first time I saw it, I thought, oh, it's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of a sequel to... Um, um, oh, why can't I think of the name of it? With a scary bunny. Oh, Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko. Thank you very much. <laughs> that it was kind of a sequel to to Donnie Darko in my own in my okay. own imagination. Okay, I could see that. Have we seen the girl uh, that played Cat gone on to do anything else? Yes, she's she's Sabrina uh, in all of the witch TV series. Oh, she well, also I missed was that. in Mad Men originally. I don't know how you missed because she's got she's got very uh, noticeable eyes. 
She's got lovely big eyes with lots of brow and lash things happening. I just, I love the sound design. There's a whole, the just every single, every single bit of it, just how it, um, it was, it was like its own character. It was like a, a, a separate character. Yeah. I, I, well, you know, yeah, we love I us some good sound design. Yeah. Yeah. I know that you do. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I came in completely blind to this movie. I just read on the website the, uh, what is it? The, the girl's abandoned and darkness takes over. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say it was, uh, I'm still shook. But did it's you a like good it? shook. Oh yeah, it was, it was amazing, I'll say. Yeah. Um, did I see that right? Is the devil impersonating an alpaca? <laughs> it, does, it does have an alpaca look, right? <laughs> well, that's why you were thinking of Donnie Darko. Exactly why I was thinking of Donnie Darko. And the payphones, yeah. There's something so menacing in a horror movie about a payphone. But overall, the people that didn't, anybody didn't like it. Katie, kind of iffy on that? <laughs> four. Not three, not five. <laughs> Katie thinks that four scenes got cut that made the movie okay. not make sense. I All like right. The, I like the specific okay. specificity. Specificity? Specificity. I think <clears throat> that, I think that uh, Lucy was way too good looking for her boyfriend. I'm like looking at the guy going, is that just one brow? What's going on there? You let that guy knock you up? Oh, my God. And then I kept thinking also, is it a Catholic boarding school? Because I know at the end, right, there's a whole exorcism happening, which I feel like is, is exclusively Catholic, but I don't know if that's true. Um, but everybody else, I'm like, there's just miss? They say miss? I, I never heard, and I have a lot of experience with this, I never heard anybody refer to a nun as miss ever. So well, I was how, about, how about one of the maybe nuns? Was that corduroy? Was it a corduroy? Uh, yeah, I've never bibs? seen a nun in corduroy either. You have now. That would actually <laughs> be pretty fashionable for the nuns that I have known. Fetching. That's my next book, The Nuns That I Have Known. <laughs> well, guys, uh, thank you so much for coming out. I'm, gl I'm glad you liked it. Uh, some of you, some of you <laughs> needed four, it, four extra scenes. And uh, if you haven't seen this, this filmmaker who did. Uh, Gretel and Hansel. Yeah. Right. So the the uh, change of pace on the Hansel and Gretel fairy tale. It was also really magnificent, and and I think a little bit easier to follow, mm. and just gloriously visual. Like oh my a, Another Lord. example yeah. of really visual, incredible visual yeah. storytelling. Always want to see what what he's uh, what he's doing. Oz. So. Oz Perkins. Well, thank you guys. Thank Appreciate you very it. much. Uh, enjoy the rest of the A twenty four. That's right. Retrospective. Here Yay. at Gateway. Yay. Come back out next time for something far bloodier. And it can't go without saying that the school that the girls are attending in The Black Coat's Daughter is called the Bramford School. And Bramford is the name of the apartment building in another classic film on this list, which leads us to number two. This is a classic from 1968. A young couple trying for a baby moves into an aging, ornate apartment building on Central Park West where they find themselves surrounded by peculiar neighbors like Ruth Gordon. Rosemary's Baby. What have you done to it? What have you done to its eyes? He has his father's eyes. What are you talking about? Guy's eyes are normal. What have you done to him, you maniac? Satan is his father, not Guy. Hail Adrian! Hail Adrian! Hail Satan! Hail Satan! 
one of my favorite things, I mean, this movie is a masterpiece in every conceivable way, the way it looks and, and the casting and the story and how closely it stays to the novel. And it's, 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 it's just an, an incredible, impeccable piece of filmmaking. But one of my favorite things about it is the Satanists themselves. Right. Is just how they're just they're just frumpy. They're just you know <laughs> you just think you know what I mean. You think Satanists. I mean they're like akin to vampires. They're like so stylish and elegant and European and oh wow with the robes, the flowing robes. And there's there's so much nudity usually and virgins and whatnot. And then these guys, you're like what? Yeah. Are they playing canasta? What's going on right now? <laughs> I think that is hilarious. And of course Ruth Gordon. Oh my God. She's so great and so weird. That's why hereditary parts of hereditary reminded me of this movie in the way that the the people around them who have a secret plan mm -hmm. that of course the, the the main people involved don't know about and slowly it gets closer and closer and is revealed which is kind of how this is yeah and it also reminded me of the exorcist i think is similar in the way it's, it's a slow burn yeah it takes a while to get at it which i don't think uh, movies have a lot of movies have moved away from that now and they get into things a little bit quicker, but right. man, you had to just you had to invest in it. Uh, did. but it'll but it'll pay off in the end. Yeah, and I think you know Mia Farrow. Um, it, she's such just the 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 picture of vulnerability mm -hmm. in this movie. She's so frail. She's so skinny, and then as the the belly gets bigger, but the rest of her stays skinny, and she gets more gaunt, and then she cuts her hair off a little short. You know, when she's like in the phone booth and she's talking to the doctor, and you're so desperate for her because just. You just think with that belly, she's not going to get where she needs to go. Yeah. It is. It really is. It's an incredible, and there are some real humorous moments, thanks to Ruth Gordon. Right. But but also because of the way uh, Mia Farrow's performance and her look in the movie, it's it's incredibly tense. You know. And, uh, oh and yeah, because she's such a small person anyway. Is. And then yeah. you add that that big belly, and yeah, oh, she yeah. just looks so so vulnerable. You're and right. Like that big sort of blue house dress and things. Yeah. yeah. She's not a great look, but <laughs> she's, it's not supposed to be. And then they made that very wise decision because apparently they were going to try to show a, a, all the actual baby yeah. with some sort of doll or something. Yeah. But smart move, they did not. Because right. it's always better, especially back then because you don't know what the effects are going to be. But just leave it up to the imagination. Right, but I'm just picturing the Zack Snyder, Dawn of the Dead zombie baby, and that was the worst moment in that film. I'm picturing the, the little baby from Twilight. Oh, God. <laughs> That's nightmare fuel. <laughs> so that's Rosemary's Baby because, yeah, we're up against the clock. we got to get moving. That is number two on Satan Horror. And, boy, one of our favorites we have tons of time. is number one. Do we? Yeah. One of our favorites is number one, and this is from 2015. A family in 1630s New England is torn apart by the forces of witchcraft, black magic, and possession. The witch. This wilderness will not consume us. You've cursed this family. This is witchcraft. She placed a curse on me. Why have you turned against me? I saw it. You're right of evil. It's not safe. Not with them. Think how my sense. First introduces to Robert Eggers. Yes. First introduces to Anya Taylor Joy. Yes. And man, what and a. We'd never seen Game of Thrones because it so it's also the first time we saw Ralph Ineson right. or Kate Dickey. And if you don't know it, they are showing The Witch here at, at this Gateways Film Center tomorrow. So watch it. 
Yeah, part of the uh, uh, A24 retrospective, right. which we're glad to be a part of with, with this yeah, movie Black tonight. Black Lives Matter is part of the same thing. As well. Thing. Yeah, it's, it's just one of our favorites. But it, it, it can be... It can be polarizing. I remember yes. we did a, a whole episode of this podcast with a friend of ours who did not like it at all. Right. We thought, okay, equal time, <laughs> you know, because he one of us didn't think that. <laughs> because he, he thought he thought the ending did not work at all. He didn't want it to be so literal. No, that didn't work. That's for not him. That's not correct. So it was our friend John. Our friend John, who didn't want it to be actually, he wanted our friend, the friend who was on the show, Mike. Uh-huh. He wanted the whole thing to be more of a horror movie. That's what he didn't. He didn't think it was a horror film. And okay. I think that's where I think that's where the continuum was. There were a lot of people who felt like it didn't count. It wasn't horror. Not enough horror happened. And then there were a lot of people who thought it was going to be more like The Crucible and were unhappy that it was in fact a supernatural film. Mm-hmm. And then everybody who was smart just loved it because it's a masterpiece <laughs> of a film. And if you haven't seen it, I apologize because I'm. this is probably going to be a spoiler. The thing that I found the most impressive of the millions of things about this movie that I found impressive was that by the end of the movie, because of everything that has happened and where Thomason is in her life, when she talks to that goat, you are hoping the goat talks back. That is an incredible feat of filmmaking because under no circumstances when you start watching a movie do you think, yes, I hope that goat is going to be Satan and is going to claim her soul. <laughs> what you do in this movie, you're like, that's her best bet. I hope that this works out for her. Her and the goat. Which is why I thought at the mm-hmm. time it really spoke to how someone can be radicalized. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of different ways to look at this this film, but for me it was sort of a, a, a journey into radicalization. Um, and also I would recommend watching it with the subtitles <laughs> on because you pick up things like, oh, that's what they were saying. <laughs> that adds a little, about, a little bit to the experience yes. because this is the first that we got to know Robert Eggers and how committed he is to authenticity yes. about language, about, you know, you may have heard he made sure the sets were built with only tools that could be found at the time. Yeah. And he based all of this Which on actual nuts. actual written down recollections of folk tales and, and things that people uh, talked about uh, Satanism and witchcraft at the time. It's so authentic. And, yeah, I just think it's a, well, I know we both do. I just yes. think it's it's just a masterpiece. Yes, absolutely. It's just, I mean, it's 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 one of the best films of the 2000s. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's showing, you say it's showing tomorrow? tomorrow? Yeah. Double Always. feature with The Lighthouse. Oh, two Robert Eggers back right. to back. How awesome is that? Gotta go. That is great. Uh, so Let's all w- meet back here tomorrow. <laughs> Let's do it. So that's The Witch, number one on our list of Satanist horror. But uh, keep in mind, we do want to talk to you about the Black Coat's daughter uh, when this is all over. Uh, come down. And uh, if you don't, by the way, if you're new and want to get a, a button, we got a Fright Club button we down here, Club too, pins. afterwards. So uh, we'll get the movie going here in just a couple of minutes. And two we, quick things. Yes, two quick go things ahead, to tell Go you. right ahead. So um, next month, we usually do this on the second Friday of every month in October. We are going to do it the first Friday specifically because that gives us the opportunity to premiere a film. So this will be the first chance on earth that you will get to see Piggy. Yeah, so from what we hear, we haven't seen it yet. We do have a, a copy at home. Yes, we haven't we'll watched watch it, it yet. this weekend. But it's we've got heard, nothing but incredible buzz. We've heard it's brutal. Yes. Brutal. Brutal. And so our topic like, will be bullies and mean girls in horror movies. 
Yeah. <laughs> Let's hear it for the bullies. That's right. Uh, so that's going to be October 7th. Yep. And we love it. A, a few times in the years we've been doing Fright Club, we have had premieres yes. of movies. And it's always fun. It's always fun to get the, to be among the first to see something, especially that has a buzz like this. So yes. we'd love to have you join us October 7th for the Piggy premiere that's and talk right. about the bullies and the mean girls. So, uh, so that's coming up. And then we also want to talk about another big event that's coming up in October as part of Nightmares Film Festival. If you didn't know, one of the best film festivals on the planet is right here in our own backyard at Gateway. It's a fantastic horror film festival, and we are so honored to have our first feature film as part of it. That's right. So come. October 21st, which is Friday, of the festival. We don't have a, a time set yet because they haven't finished programming the rest of the festival, so there will be a complete schedule at the end of this month to tell you what time, but we know for sure we will be in the evening on Friday, October 21st, Obstacle Corpse, our homecoming premiere, and we're super incredibly crazy geeked about it. So right now you can get VIP passes if you want to, and you should. They will sell out, and that gives you access to the entire festival. By the end of September, you'll be able to buy individual tickets. So if you just want to come see Obstacle Corpse, you can buy tickets to that then. So exciting. We're very excited. It's going to be Thank fun. You. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank, Thank you. you so much. I can't believe we're that, uh, we're that close to it. All right. So we got a movie to show. So, again, come on down. Oh, I almost forgot to mention. What? Well, because I was going to give our, our, all the places you can uh, get a hold of us and keep the conversation rolling. You can always find us on Twitter, at Fright Club Pod. Also, our main website is madwolf.com. You can always catch us every Friday morning on Good Day Columbus here in town, giving the movie reviews. Uh, Mad Wolf Columbus on Facebook and Instagram. And we also have a special Facebook group just for Fright Club. And all you have to, it's a private group, so just throw a, a, a request in there. We'll get you in and have a lot of fun in there, too. So so lots going on, lots of ways to get in touch. We hope you will. Uh, we'll talk about the movie after. And is that about it? I think that it is. I think that's about it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we'll see you uh, hopefully next month for Piggy and for Obstacle Corpse and Nightmares Film Festival. It's a lot of fun. We hope you can make it. She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And this is the Fright Club Podcast. Black Coast Daughter.